0: It's time for Rain and Shine, your weekly regional science update, where we explore how the planet works and how we work with the planet. The bears are out and about. This is the time of year. In fact, October 5th to October 11th is Fat Bear Week in Alaska, where the fattest bears are voted on and tracked to see which one gains the most weight in a points-based runoff very similar to fantasy football. If you want to participate in this family-friendly guessing game, you can search for Fat Bear Week National Park Service and join in the fun. This year especially seems to have brought many more of our barefooted friends to towns, orchards, and vineyards as they search to double their body weight in the remaining days before the leaves fall and the water freezes. There have been beehives broken into, wineries have had to harvest grapes early, and there have even been bears spotted in town parks. If you haven't seen them yourself, you will likely have seen them on Facebook where people have been posting sightings and in some cases trading permits to harvest bears. It seems that there is just not enough food out in the mountains this year, and so the bears have come in even closer than usual. Here are some things to keep in mind when it comes to bear and human safety. First, and I think this is important to stress, there have only been six reported deaths due to bear attacks in Colorado over the past hundred years. A couple have occurred for reasons that we know. Do not get between a sow and her cubs if you know what's going on, and also just don't get too close. One death occurred from a woman hiking alone with her dogs, while the rest of them, they basically had to do with people either feeding the bears or keeping food in their tents or startling the bears while they were rifling through their trash bins. Sad mistakes can and do happen, especially when those involved don't speak each other's language and one party has massive large claws while the other one may or may not have a gun. But bears are not mean or malicious or even naturally aggressive towards humans. They are, in fact, very gentle and tolerant animals. And in general, they exhibit fairly predictable behavior. This predictability can be beneficial to people who come in contact with bears. And the vast majority of bear encounters, nothing bad happens. However, if a bear sees you and turns towards you and starts looking aggressive, there are some things you should and should not do. With black and brown bears, the kind we have here in Colorado, do not run and do not play dead. Do hold your ground and wave your arms above your head, speaking loudly, firmly, and calmly to the bear. This may de-escalate the situation and give you space to move away from the bear or for it to move away from you. According to the National Park Service, if a bear does charge, there are two ways it will do it. One is a bluff charge where the bear may run at you but veer off at the last minute, and the other is an aggressive charge where the bear intends to attack. You can tell if a bear is bluffing because its head and ears will be up and forward, and it may stand up to make itself look bigger. If you see a bear bluffing, face the bear and slowly back away, again while waving your arms above your head and speaking to the bear in a loud, calm voice. You are trying to remind the bear that you are human and that you are not a threat. Do not run during a bluff charge as it may trigger the bear to attack. If your dog runs at the bear, do not run after your dog as that will likely trigger the bear to attack. Side note here, bears can run really fast. They can cover 50 feet per second for brief periods, which means you can run, but you cannot outrun them. However, if a tree or boulder or your car is close, step over there and then stand your ground. Strong verbal commands are your best bet to avoid violence. The aggressive charge where the bear tends to attack is rare, but you will know what's happening if the bear's ears and head are back and down and it is huffing loudly and pounding its paws on the ground. These are displays of stress and show the bear is gearing up to attack. If you see these signs, be ready to protect and defend yourself. Here's what the Park Service advises. If a black bear charges and attacks you, fight back with everything you have. Do not play dead. Direct punches and kicks to the bear's face and use any weapons like rocks, branches, or bear spray that you have to defend yourself. I really hope that doesn't happen to you. And the thing is, the vast majority of times you see a bear, it has much more to fear from you than you do from it. While there have been six human deaths in the past hundred years from bears in Colorado, there were 66 bears put down just last year in the Centennial State. This does not include bears hunted with permits or killed by automobiles, just those who have been called in and subsequently killed. Bears called in as trouble are often killed on the spot. Bears may also be tranquilized and relocated, which is confusing and stressful for the bear. More often than not, these actions result in orphaned baby bears or in bears that wake up in a new place dislocated only to find their way back to human settlement sooner rather than later. It's important to keep in mind that the black and brown bears we have around here are actually highly intelligent, normally calm creatures that rarely interfere with humans. According to scientists, bears have highly evolved social skills with intelligence compared to that of great apes. Bears respond to our language. They share friendship, resources, and provide joint security for each other. They form hierarchies and have structured kinship relationships similar to human families. Also like humans, bears are unique individuals with their own temperaments and personalities. The Ute people of these lands treated bears with great respect, believing them to be close relatives, while clearly a separate people than humans. This closeness, yet respect for the space and individual agency that difference requires, is one that I hope we can all consider as we live alongside our barefooted neighbors. You've been listening to Rain and Shine, a production of The Learning Council, produced by Corey Stanton and written and narrated by me, Kala Rose Ostrander. To submit your nature and science questions, email us at rainshineweekly at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page. And thanks for listening.